This isn't just a review. We're going beyond that. I'm Dallin. And I'm Kyler. And we're here to talk about the moments, magic, and memories that we love in film. There's a lot to hate, but if you look a little deeper, there's so much more to love. We hope we can pass that on to you. started recording i heard tk yell from the basement <laughs> oh <laughs> anyway oh man uh tk is our roommate if uh you don't know <laughs> and he's angry and he's in the basement yep exactly i think so at least yeah he possibly. does yell a lot anyway <laughs> <laughs> well today we are covering a very special one to you yes uh one that i have not seen before Surprisingly, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, I was glad I fi- I had one movie, maybe just one <laughs> that you hadn't seen before. Yeah, <laughs> what we're covering is the Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. Uh, it came out in two thousand two. It's PG thirteen, uh, directed by Kevin Reynolds and starring Jim Caviezel, Guy Pearce, Richard Harris, and Henry Cavill. Yeah, surprisingly, yeah, we, I think on two separate occasions when we were talking about this movie, we we're like, wait. Henry Cavill's in this movie? Yeah. And then we looked at it and we're like, oh yeah, he's the he's the son. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. and and then again when we watched the movie, like I saw it and I was like, Oh yeah, that's Henry Cavill. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's so small. He's so he's small. A baby. Yeah. There's <laughs> a little baby face Cavill. Also. Cause I keep forgetting to do it. Mm-hmm. Spoiler warning. Yes. I mean, this is a pretty old movie. And it's just it's just a a nice thing to say. <laughs> yeah, just, just, to in, talk about this just in case you were like, oh man, I've been wanting to watch this movie, but I haven't gotten around to it. I don't want spoilers. And so. I would highly recommend this film. Like, yeah. I re- this is definitely my top three favorite movies. I mean, this is really good. And it, it, it's it's one of those movies that has been adapted quite a few times. And uh, I believe there are three versions. Yeah. And then it's also a book, obviously. Yeah. And so it's this classic story that just got adapted in this epic way here in this movie. Yeah. And it's, it is a good one. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I had a very good friend show me this, this movie a couple of years ago and he was like, you want to, you want to watch a movie that's like the greatest revenge movie I've ever seen? Here you go. And I was like, all right. And then I watched it and I was like, whoa, you were right. You yeah. were absolutely correct. I think this, oh, it's so good. I don't know. I don't know where to start. <laughs> There's a lot to go on in this movie. Like, I mean, it's got all the classic elements of like an adventure story that you want. It's got friendship, brotherhood, betrayal, revenge, romance, swashbuckling, you know, it's got all that. Yeah. <laughs> Rotting in a prison for 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, well and it, it's got a lot of, you know, that hero's journey stuff, you know, mm-hmm. where, you know, he meets this guy, this, uh, his mentor, he at first declines, like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna just do it for revenge, I'm not gonna do it for good like you want me to, blah, 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 you know, and throughout most of the movie, he does it for revenge, but then mm-hmm. he realizes at the end that that's not what'll make him feel better. Well, yeah, he he finally finds something that's important to him. Yeah, besides besides revenge, right? And I think that's kind of what the priest was trying to teach him. You know, like yeah, among the many other things. Yeah, yep. <laughs> anyway, I, I I think a good place to start is right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that when we first started that I totally forgot about was I was like. I know Napoleon is in this movie, and I don't remember why. I don't remember how he is relevant to the story at all. Yeah. And it turns out he's actually super important. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was oh yeah. That was kind of funny for me to, to remember and like go through that. I was like, oh right, that's he, just like you know the start of the entire story and like the whole reason, the whole crux of him going to jail prison. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because he gets that letter from Napoleon, and Correct, Napoleon's yeah. like, oh yeah, it's totally just a personal letter. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> Well, one thing I've, I kind of thought about several times actually, and even like before we were going to do this episode when I was kind of remembering the movie, yeah, um, is the the aforementioned friend, mm-hmm. uh, Remington. I just call him Remy. But yeah, just kind of felt kind of weird calling him Remington. Yeah. Anyway, he's one of my my best friends, and we'll probably talk about him a couple times. Yes, yeah. 
I, I don't know. I, this is a good like movie that reminds me of him and stuff. Yeah. Um, but if you take out the um, horrible jealousy of Mondego, <laughs> I think looking at that relationship between Dantes and Mondego is actually kind of a good parallel for me and Remy. Yeah. Because he was like the person who went out and did things mm-hmm. and was like exciting and, and adventurous and I was like afraid oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was very timid and I was just like, oh, I, don't, I don't know, like I always second guess myself and stuff like that and he right. was just like, let's go do a thing, let's just randomly walk away from our house and go live in the forest for a week <laughs> and or like let's go shoot some stuff or let's go, I don't know, like it's not that crazy of things when right. you really think about it, but at the same time, it's like stuff that I wouldn't, I would Out never have done time. normally. And so he, it was like a good couple of years of my life where he kind of was like, be less afraid of everything, right. be more adventurous, be cool. And I was like, sure, I'll try. <laughs> and it worked yeah. somewhat. Um, yeah, and at least at the beginning, that's kind of the relationship between uh, uh, Edmund and uh, Ferdinand, I think his name is. I don't remember his first name. Yeah, I just remember them over the last names. Yeah. Edmund and... Oh, gosh. Uh, Mondego. Yeah, yeah, Mondego. Yeah, that's kind of their whole thing at the beginning, and then uh, the betrayal happens. <laughs> well, I mean, you can even see from the very beginning that Mondego is planning something. Yeah. Or, or I don't know if he's necessarily planning something, but he, like those, those seeds of jealousy have been planted, and they've been growing for a well, long time. Well, and as... Uh, as Mercedes was saying to Mondego, she was like, oh, you've always been, like, jealous of him and wanting to mm-hmm. be, like, you're rich and all this stuff, but you want what he has. And, and like, <laughs> it was a really creepy scene, but when oh, he's, yeah. like, hitting on her. Yeah. And, like, they were childhood friends. Uh-huh. And then, they're, oh, it's, it's weird, but, like. Yeah. Yeah, she says that scene tells you how like she's like, when are you gonna stop doing this? Basically, yeah, because she says you got a pony, he got a kazoo, and you just wanted the kazoo because he was happier with it than you were mm. happier with your pony. I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but like that's a good parallel for like just being satisfied with life. Yeah, because like I could someone could buy me a yacht tomorrow. Yeah, and and like yeah, <laughs> what am I gonna do with a yacht? Yeah, what am I gonna it's do with a cool, yacht? I guess. Yeah. Then but, someone buys you a cookie today, and you're like, oh. I'd be like, oh, nice, a cookie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not to say that I wouldn't be excited if I was just gifted a yacht. <laughs> right. However, <laughs> there's no practical application in my current life for a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> there is definitely a practical application for cookies. Please give me some as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but I really, I really liked the acting in this movie. I think we say that a lot about things, but like, well... We say we're gonna say a lot of the same yeah. things a lot uh-huh. in this in episodes because we're talking about movies that we specifically chose because we liked them. Yeah. So we're gonna say a lot of similar things. Right, and well, it's interesting because the acting in this I thought was very fascinating, especially with uh, Jim Caviezel as uh, Edmund. Like he started off as this like naive, shy, kind of shy. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. didn't want to do a lot of the adventure. And as he went on, he really changed. You know, it wasn't like some... You could see a movie like this nowadays where, like, their personality doesn't change that much, even if they go through this crazy thing. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I'm still that same person. But he was in that prison for, what, 13 years? No. Wait, yes. Yeah. Yes, 13 years. And, And, like, that would change a person. You even saw when he was training with the priest and stuff just how different he was, you know, how more to himself and, like, edgy he was you know like uh, yeah. he had that revenge in his soul already you know like and the yeah. priest was like uh, promise me you'll do this for good and he was like no doubt I'll use it for revenge like he told him straight up he was like I'm gonna At use it he was honest though. yeah like I mean I that's one thing I try I always try to be honest with myself yeah like if I mean it's never quite like that but like the, the, the moment where I notice it the most is when it's like someone tells me to do something, I'm like, I just, I know I'm going to forget to do that. Yeah. Like, you have to make a reminder, like, I have to make yeah. a reminder or something. I know I was going to... I know myself too well. Yeah. You'll forget. <laughs> uh, another thing I really enjoyed was Richard Harris as the priest. Like, uh, I, I mentioned to you that, you know, even though he's not playing Dumbledore in this, he still had that twinkle to his eye. He, yes. It, 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 it's it's a similar character. Yeah. Like, just the, the old man who knows more than you. Yeah. <laughs> And and just like wholesome, I don't know. Well, and he was in this same horrible situation as uh, Edmund was, but he was just like, ah, you know what? We'll uh, 
It'll, it may take like eight years to do this, but we'll do it. It's well, cool. when when Edmond is like, just kind of like scoffs at that. Yeah. He's like, you got somewhere else to be. Yeah. <laughs> You're rotting in this prison for life. You might as well do something with it. Yeah. What, one of my favorite lines of his was uh, when he gets the rat and he says, Edmund, happy Christmas, give or take a month or two. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they would know. Yeah. And I just, I just loved his, like that uh, contrast to Edmund and uh, how... Edmund learned from him and you know even though Edmund still had that revenge in his heart what the priest taught him would later help him realize that revenge wasn't the way you know and again going back a little bit to what I what I commented on earlier where it's like looking at how um, what you have doesn't necessarily mean yeah. you're happy or not it's like the priest had rags yep and the occasional rat on a stick mm-hmm. and a couple <laughs> books that he's found yeah and it's like he was he was still cheerful yeah, and, like, having a good time, even though he was consigned to life in prison and had been... Yeah. I don't know, how long did it say he'd been there? Uh, when he first met Edmund, I think he'd been there five years when Edmund had been there. No, he said, I'm pretty sure it was 11 years. Oh, 11 years. He said, five of which I've been digging this tunnel. Right, yeah. In the wrong and, direction. And that was into four years of Edmund. Yes. Yeah. He started a year before Edmund got put into prison. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I love just like, especially when you see his head popping through and like how scared Edmund is at first. Like, what is that? Well, your reaction yeah. was the exact same as mine. Yeah. When I first watched it, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, are freaking zombies coming out of the ground? Well, yeah. Like, I, I mentioned to you, I thought he was hallucinating. Yeah. And uh, I just love how he's like, oh, you know, I could have sworn I thought I was digging. To the out, you know, like outside. Seems I've gone the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the last five years. <laughs> well, I also love how he. Uh, the first thing he wants to do is he sees Edmund's window, and he's like, yeah. "Lift me up on your shoulders," and so he could see the sky. Because he said, "Because his cell, while bigger, mm-hmm. doesn't have a window." It does, but I think it's higher. Because like I think it showed it had a window, but oh. it, like it was like h- higher up. Maybe it didn't. Yeah. I don't remember that, but. And but so, yeah. being on his shoulders, he could look out. Even into if it his... is through, like, a tiny little peephole that's, like, 20 feet to get yeah. to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that that was a really cool thing. And just how, like, he saw it. was like, all right, let me down. And he was like, I saw the sky. All right, back to work. You know, Tevin. Yeah. Like, he had real resolve. You know, it was really interesting. And, and how he gave that resolve to Edmund. Because yeah. throughout the movie, after Edmund escapes, you can tell the patience he has, you know, where he set up this whole plan and... I think part of that is from learning from the priest. Well, th- 13 years in a prison. Yeah. Yeah. That'd do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd, that'd teach any man patience. I mean, the, sure. it kind of, a two-parter here, like when when Edmond, uh, when he's like, calculate the, the following number, and he's like, uh, I don't remember exactly how much, but he's like, this is how much we can dig. Yeah. And in, in a year, like how far can we go? And basically... Edmond comes up and he's like, we can do, I think in the end it was like six inches a, a week or something like that. Yeah. Which is such a tiny amount. Right, yeah. But if you're doing hand tools against solid rock yeah. in a tunnel where you're completely prone, like... <laughs> <laughs> With just a little bowl and a, and a chisel, you know, like... Yeah, you gotta wonder how he got those chisels. Yeah, well, I wonder how he got the book and the chair and stuff too, but... I don't remember what my original point was. Oh, no, right. It was just the patience. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was... <laughs> Sorry, I got a little lost there. Um, but yeah, the patience of going at six inches a week. Yeah. And and doing it for years. But also, it was just show, talking again about how, like, Edmond, how much he grew in those many years. Mm-hmm. All the things he could learn. and Yeah. I mean, he's calculating math that I couldn't do in my head. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> with, when that's the only thing you've got to do, yeah. you know, like... Kinda, I, I I was kind of curious, and, I, and he he said that calculation was like I don't even know where I would begin right on calculating that like <laughs> it's right. so many weird numbers like it it wouldn't be super difficult but yeah. at the same time like I can't do that in my head. <laughs> it's also interesting how much he relied on the priest, you know, like because once the priest died, he you know saw him in that body bag and he was like, uh, "May you have your freedom as I will never have." Before he figures out his idea, you know, be, like if he didn't figure out to hide in that body bag, it looked like he was just going to give up because the priest told him to keep digging. But he he was just like, I don't think I can do it without you Yeah, doing it alone. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he didn't have that same twinkle in his eyes as uh, <laughs> as as the priest did. But like, it was such a fascinating thing. Is almost immediately after he said, uh, "I hope you have the freedom," as I will never have. He has that look, and this is like, "Oh, I, I I'll take your freedom." You know, pretty. Well, no, no, no. That's that's afterward because they he dies. Yeah, and then he hides, and then the guys come in. Yeah, no, that's what I'm back. saying though. Is he says the. Uh, Freedom as I will never have. Oh, right, while, right. While he's in he's the talking to himself, right. Yeah. I thought that was what the, the priest was saying to him. is like a no. dying word. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, uh, Edmund's saying that to the priest yes. in the bag. Yeah, he has right. that look, and he, like, almost he, immediately. Yeah, he, he, he's like, wait, there's a chance. I mean, it's actually kind of surprising that he got his body all the way back to his own cell. Yeah. <laughs> before, and then back, and then tied himself up in the bag. Right, yeah. Like... <laughs> That that's that's pretty. I don't. I mean, I don't know how long that trip is, but right, yeah. But still, they had to be gone for at least like thirty minutes or more. Or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was really smart of him, I think. You know, where he's like, "Oh, that's my way out." <laughs> yeah. Well, he's if if nothing else, like he's clever, and he was always clever. He just wasn't. He didn't have the most like life experience at yeah. first. He just or, he was innocent or book smarts or anything. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. But he always had that cleverness. And another thing is, while his character does change a lot, he's still a good person. Yeah. And he's consistently a good person. Even when he's blinded by his revenge, he's still a good person. Well, and I don't think he would have... like. So, he's told uh, Henry Cavill... uh, What's his name? Um, Albert. Albert. He told Albert, I will kill you if I have to. Mm -hmm. Not sure he would have, you know? like. Well, at the time, he didn't know that... Albert was his son. Oh, that's true. That's true. I forgot. He about thought that. it was yeah. Mondego's son. Oh yeah. And so, then, yeah. Um, then Mercedes, Mercedes came yeah. and right and told them both. Mm-hmm. Technically, actually, no, all three of them. Well, she told uh, Mondego before. Right. Yeah. Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, Albert was like, "You didn't stop me from from hurting him." You know. Yeah. So lots of betrayal from Mondego. <laughs> yeah, Mondego's kind of the worst. Which is yeah. why I said, like, you remove all the horrible uh, betrayal and, and jealousy, and, yeah. and then, you know, that could be a, par- a parallel for my relationship. One thing I really liked about Mondego's character over the years is he got his wish of being a uh, count and having all the riches, and he even has better hair and better dress, but you see how yellow his teeth are? Oh, he looks gross. Yeah. Yeah, and like, he even has kind of, like, veins in his face. Like, his, like... He just... <sighs> Sallow? Yeah. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Like, his face is just, like, it looks too thin. Yeah. And his teeth are gross. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like, his he's just kind of greasy. And it's yeah. just, like, he he has this, like, perfect life, quote, yeah. unquote. Yeah. But is just, like, still a gross man. Yeah. Like, on the inside and on the outside. Yeah. And that, that just kind of shows true character. And, I mean, even just, you know, not doing that speech for his son, you know, like, or he's like, I, I got to go talk to this guy. Oh, but he looks up to you. Well, then he'll understand why I'm, why I'm gone. You know, then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, come on, you know? Yeah. And he, and that was another thing about you saying that Edmund is still a good man is, uh, he didn't have to make that speech. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He just, he, he read the room. Mm-hmm. He saw that Mercedes was struggling. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of knew, you know, yeah. how this kind of thing is supposed to go. Yeah. And, and then he just stepped up and he did it yep. because it was the right thing to do. And yeah. he even um, deflected the blame from her completely. Yeah. He, he, was, he, he defended a man yeah. that he hated yep. because it just was easier that way and it was better that way. Yep. And that way, Albert wasn't mad at his father. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, the Count of Monte Cristo just wanted to do it f- for him. Yep. So it's fine. Yep. And, yeah. It's, and then uh, the other thing... That I was specifically thinking of when I mentioned that earlier was when he uh, spared um, Jacopo's life. Oh yeah, Jacopo, the greatest part of this movie. I Jacopo is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I just love that whole life debt where he he just uh, he he he's like, I will be your man till the end of my days. So yeah. as just and he was yeah he absolutely was. Yeah, there's, there's several times in the movie where like he, I mean he, he points out at one point where um, it was when Mercedes was in the carriage mm-hmm. and um, Dantes is like 
don't interfere with my plans. I will I will finish what I started on that beach. Yeah. Basically saying he'll kill him. Yeah. And um, Jacopo's like, I swore I'd protect you, even if I have to protect you from yourself. Yeah. And I mentioned to you that, that you know, that's the sign of a true friend. You know, like, uh, Jacopo was a true friend to him like mm-hmm. uh, uh, Montego never was. You know? Yeah. And, well, maybe he was at one point. But yeah. Long time ago. Right, When yeah. they were boys. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think the other part about that that I, I just... So good is the fact that they're, like, inches apart... And he knows, Jacopo knows what Dantes can do. Yeah. He's seen it. Yeah. And he is, doesn't flinch. Yeah. Not afraid at all. He's just like, I am your man. I know what I need to do. Yep. I will protect you. And I, I'm not afraid of you, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. like, ooh. Like, I know you can kill me balls. right here, but I know you're not gonna. Yeah. 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 yeah I really like Jacopo. Um... Just all the relationships in this movie are great. Even the ones, like, between uh, Montego and, oh gosh, what's his name? The... Uh, Valefor? Yeah, Valefor. Like, just seeing how they concocted this whole thing. Was very well, I think one interesting thing to look at with them is they kind of, like, fed off of each other's, like... With a, like, chaotic energy, I guess. Like, yeah. trying to be bad people. Like, they, they kind of made each other worse. Right, yeah. Um, because at first, uh, he was like, I'm just going to burn this and throw this man away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, Mondego came in and was like, maybe we could do a little more. And then Vailfort was like, maybe, maybe we could do a little more. And then they yeah. then they kill his father and they frame people and you know, various other illegal yeah. activities. And- I mean, that scene where... Uh- where Edmond is uh, getting him to confess in the steam room was just... I thought it was masterful, like, cuts and uh, cinematography, like, when mm-hmm. they would go to the flashbacks and... Yeah, I, I, that was one of the notes I took. Was yeah. Specifically for that one scene. Yeah. Because it, it goes from... Uh, Dantes is sitting next to Valefort, Yeah. and he asks him a question, and Valefort kind of gives him this look, and then it switches back to a previous scene yeah. that is placed and, and framed perfectly. Yeah. It's the exact same face. He's in the exact same position. It's just like, boom! And then he's there, and I was like, whoa! That's yeah. good. That's nice. It's really good. And I, I really like how, you know, he did that classic thing where he, he's like, oh, I confess to you, and then there's people there who... Yeah. <laughs> All of his... Like revenge scenes mm-hmm. are very, very good. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the point of this movie, mm-hmm. but it's just it's so so well put together. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just like he he gets them all in. Like I mean, he he crafts his revenge over years, mm-hmm. and he gets them all in the perfect ways. He ruins their life. He ruins yeah. their livelihood. He. Well, and like he told Jacopo, Jacopo said, oh, I, I could just go kill him right now. And he was like, no, I want to watch him. I want to study him. I want to hurt them like they hurt me. And he, with the, I, I don't remember his name, but the, the captain guy, the ship captain. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, taking advantage of their greed and then, mm-hmm. and then you know, getting him. Yep. Pulling up at the last second with the coppers. And and then also at the very end reveals himself. Yeah, I really, but I really like that. No one's going to believe him. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah. And then with uh Villefort getting him in the in the showers and, mm-hmm. and the fact that he is in full like get up. Yeah, and he's turning the all, he's turning the steam all the way up, just completely does not even care. Just don't like, you can see him sweating too. Yeah, you know, and, like, and I'm I'm sure it's actually hot in yeah. that scene. Yeah. And plus there's steam in the air, so yeah. condensation. But like he, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to just keep saying it's so good, but like... But like sometimes that's like the only thing you can say. <laughs> yeah, he just... The transformation really, I think, is is what, what really gets me. Mm-hmm. And they, it's it's kind of hard to like put it all in perspective. Right. Because they, like... One of the notes I took was that um, this movie is a slow burn. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because they, they picked the development that they needed very carefully because mm-hmm. uh, the the first like maybe 15 minutes or so is before he is like his life before he gets uh put in prison and then he's put in prison and that's that whole sequence and i i was 
I, I asked you to check what, where we were at in the movie when, like, when the he immediate scene when he gets out. Yeah. It's an hour in. Yeah. It's halfway through this movie. And I was like, that's insane. Like, an, a normal director these days would have cut that entire scene down to, like, maybe 20 minutes. It would have been like a montage of him training. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, like, going through all these different things that he's learning mm. and then, like, the different like steps in his learning yeah. with the priest it's like at first it's just like oh teach me how to read and write and then he's like here's some books and then he's like define economics you know do these some math song calculations would turn on and be like, yeah and, and it's it just like, <laughs> yeah but and then they they go to where he learns sword fighting yeah and um and again like in that one scene right there it it kind of shows how um the priest is trying to be a good good man yeah because he's like you put me in a hard place forcing me to because he says you can teach me sword fighting or you can dig alone yeah and then the priest is like oh you put me in a hard spot like <laughs> i don't want to do that because because he knows he knows uh dante's feelings towards yeah. his wrongdoers yep and he knows what where this is going to lead it's just going to lead to death but he needed to learn that because there's several situations that happen later on in the movie that he needed to know combat yeah. and close quarters combat for um, but then like, it's just, it's, it's, and not only the training sequence, but before that, there's like a good, probably 10 or so minutes of just Dantes in his cell. Yeah. Wallowing in self-pity and, and sadness because I mean, who wouldn't mm-hmm. them whipping him and you know, yeah, just coming him. in and whipping mm-hmm. him and him carving in the walls and you know, his food and how he doesn't really eat anything and yeah. it's like this gross like liquid yeah it's like off colored liquid with like one blob of something in it and it's <laughs> disgusting yeah <laughs> so yeah it's just it, I think that slow burn really adds to his character like learning about him and mm-hmm. I think it's imperative to learn about like where he's coming from what he's learned how he's learned it because like it, it, you need to know that to find it believable that he can achieve these things, mm-hmm. you know, that he can, cause like, yes, he gets this wealth that helps him, but like, if he didn't learn this stuff from the priest, reading, writing, mathematics, you know, uh, sword fighting, he wouldn't be able to achieve half the things that he did, you know? No, he would, he would have lived in that prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. However long or short that may have been. Yeah. If that, if the, the priest didn't poke his head through the floor, like... That would have been the other story. Yeah, he would have died in the prison, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it goes to show this, like, sometimes it is luck. And he did need luck. Yeah. But it was also his own, like, discipline. Mm-hmm. And, his, and his, his ability to, you know, rise above. Yeah. I think he does, I actually segues really well into back when we were talking about the toast. Mm. Um, he's telling uh, Albert, he's like... Um, when you were in the in the sewers, and they were uh, gonna cut your finger off, you said, "Do your worst." Yeah. And he's like, "When when life comes, it's gonna, it's gonna." I don't even know what he says exactly. Yeah, it's like a tempest or something like that, like a storm. And, mm-hmm. and he says, "You have to turn to that storm. And you gotta say, do your worst, because I'll do mine." Yeah. And like the way he delivers that, I was just like, "Ooh, that's like a little bit of chills." Yeah. Do exactly. your worst, because I'll do mine. Yeah, and he learned that in that prison. Exactly. Yeah. He he had to go through hell. Yeah. Like, well, like he said to... Uh, 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 I forgot his name. Mondego? Mondego, yeah. Like he said to him, you sent me to hell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, probably quite literally. Oh, for yeah. For what a man can experience in, in life. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. I'm only 24. Yeah. That's over half of my life. Mm-hmm. That I would have been sitting in a stone room. Well, and he was around that age too, right? But like I might, I don't think uh, they say, but he was probably around. I'd say probably probably mid- late twenties or yeah. early thirties. Yeah, they looked like they're a bit older. But anyway, like regardless, that's still yeah. it's, it's such a long time. Yeah, and and like when when he one of the first things he says to the priest is like there are two thousand some odd stones in this room. Oh yeah, and he says I've counted them many times, and the priest just laughs. He says. Did but, you name him yet? And then he starts crying, like, because like, he, he, he's like, oh, no, I don't want to get to that point. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and see, that's another thing about, you know, going back to the priest, how he's happy, is he was joking. He was like, exactly. well, have you named him yet? He's joking about the fact yeah. that they've been stuck in the prison cell for so long that they can count every single rock and name every single rock in the room. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that much patience. No. Gosh. Even but... if I wanted to, I would, I'd tap out after maybe an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just goes to show his resolve. Yeah, and he had to have that mm-hmm. before. Like, yeah, like yes, he was a very different person, but like a lot of these things he had to have beforehand. Yeah, I mean, one of the little things that kind of shows you he had he had grit mm-hmm. is the fact that he was almost to the point where he could become a ship captain. Yeah, like when he got promoted at the beginning, it's not just cause it's not just because he did a good thing. He was already second mate. Right, he'd probably been doing it for like ten or years or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because he's almost a captain, and then and then he promoted, uh, he got promoted above the guy who was first oh, yeah. mate. It's not a demotion. It's just... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I also appreciate that um, you do like not only does Dantes go back and uh, hurt the people who wronged him, he also goes back and he helps the people who were good to him. Yeah. And it's it's not as focused on it's little small things, but like he goes back to his old boss, and uh, who doesn't recognize him? Well, I was gonna say that was a heartbreaking scene where he pulls his hair b- back from his face, be like, "Hey, it's me," and he didn't recognize him. And He's then, like, uh. <laughs> "Yeah," and then, and then he kind of just sits back and re- realizes that he doesn't recognize him. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Man, that must be." hard <laughs> yeah because like he said right after that he's like oh yes Edmund uh, was like a son to me yeah. mm-hmm. and then also receives the news that his father's dead and yeah his fiance is married off to yeah. his uh, worst enemy <laughs> yep I also like that reveal too of where you find out really the reason why she married him is because she was pregnant and in those times having pregnant being uh, having a kid out of wedlock not a great it thing would have ruined her yeah and so, and even as a person, like a, I don't know if I'd say middle class, even she's yeah. probably like a lower class, mm-hmm. realistically. Um, even in their state, like it wouldn't yeah. be as much of a scandal as right. like it would be if, if Mondego. <laughs> but still, you know, like being a single parent now is hard. Imagine back then, you know, yeah, like not only do you have to still do all the single parent stuff, like you get shunned by society. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but like. It, it like when you realize why she did it, it makes sense. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, okay. She, she yeah, she didn't do it for her really. She did it for her son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she knew, oh, you know, one, we're not going to get shunned. Two, he's going to be provided for. You mm-hmm. know, you know. I was going to say for a second, it's it's surprising that they didn't have any other children. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, wait, no, Mondego's a scumbag, and he just slept with all all the other women. So yeah. He, he yeah. probably has bastards all around the planet, but, you know. Yeah. Does he care? No. Yeah. Well, and, and like, uh, you know, when they parted ways, he said uh, uh, something along the lines of, uh, you gave me enjoyment a little bit. And she goes, you never gave me you did. You did please me some of the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, she goes, you never please me. Because he's a dick. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is. And Guy, I, Guy Pierce, the actor, he is good at doing that. <laughs> like he is good at being a dick. I wonder what. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he he's done roles like that before. I mean, he was uh, the bad guy in Iron Man three. So yes, who, he was. He was significantly more ripped in that one. Yeah. Yep. With the big old dragon tattoo. It makes me wonder. I I wonder. Because, I mean, I'm sure they did do some makeup on his teeth mm-hmm. to make them look gross. Yeah. But, like, not only did they were they, like, yellow, they were also, like, like they had gaps and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they did something else to his teeth. I know a lot of times when they do that, it's usually, uh, like, prosthetic teeth. Like, you mm-hmm. know, kind of like those Halloween teeth that you can wear. Yeah. Except, you know, a lot more... Uh, realistic. Realistic, yeah. yeah. It's pretty much like that, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's. I mean, that's possible because he also kind of like stuck out his lips a lot when he talked, and yeah, <laughs> so that might have been why. Yeah, um, that's, that'd be interesting to find out. They did. They, they did a similar thing when uh, Montez was in the prison. Uh, they his teeth. Yeah, his gross. teeth. Yeah. The which is actually. I mean, I know it's because we want the actors to be pleasant to look at. Yeah, 
that there, there's almost no way that would have gone away when he left. Oh, yeah. They didn't have good teeth hygiene back then, yeah. so... Yeah. They probably all would have had gross teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's one thing that's interesting about uh, Game of Thrones, is Game of Thrones, most of the time, unless they're, like, the kings and queens or something, that they have nasty teeth. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because, like, in those times... That people didn't care about dental stuff, you know. Well, I mean, you you couldn't when really, you're worried you know. about dying with like your next meal. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you're too worried about your teeth. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now that we're done with our teeth tangent, <laughs> um, what were we talking about just before that? Uh, how? Uh, oh, I keep forgetting his name. Mondego. Mondego. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about how he's a dick. <laughs> right. Um. I actually had two things I wanted to say. One was uh, still kind of in line with the teeth conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> the teeth conversation. <laughs> At the very one of the last scenes, the confrontation in the little like ruin. Yeah. Um, and Dantes stops Mondego, and they're kind of like a like stance. like, are we going to fight? Are we going to kill each other? Mm-hmm. What, what's going to happen? I don't know. It does like a, a little bit of a shot back and forth between the two of them, and it just like it makes it painfully obvious. Which one's like the good guy? Yeah, because again, Mondego looks gross. Like mm-hmm. he's he's like greasy and his bad teeth and Wired, skinny yeah. and like, and then it goes back to Dantes and he's just like he looks so healthy and his teeth are white and it's just like and he's standing there in like and, a powerful stance. Yeah, he's he stands tall, he stands strong, and it's like I think that's another thing that that shows when he um, with his transformation. Mm-hmm. Kind of jump back a little bit. Is like his demeanor in in like especially in public situations, but like just in general, it's just so much more confident. Yeah. And when he <laughs> when he first shows up, they all go to his little like party. Oh yeah. And he comes down in a in an air balloon, <laughs> a hot air balloon. Yeah. And then he walks up and he's like, "Greetings," and then just walks away. <laughs> I'm like, he could not have done that better. Yeah. Because. He walks up, he's like, hi, and they're all, like, expecting him, because no one knows who he is. Yeah. It's just, like, this really crazy, fancy invitation that went to all these, like, nobles, Mm -hmm. and then they all show up at his place, and it's, like, amazing and beautiful, and they've been there for a couple of hours, because they showed up before it was sundown, and it was, like, full black before he even showed up. So they're sitting there all night, like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? (laughs) And he comes down in a hot air balloon... Right after some fireworks, and like says hi, and then just pisses off. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> I would be so confused and and intrigued. Yeah, exactly. And then later, like he's got like a hundred people following him around, trying to say hi and like introduce and themselves. Be like, oh hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have whatever you're going on, oh, yeah. whatever he's having. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's really cool to see that he was like. You know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it right. <laughs> I'm going to blow their socks off. Yeah, exactly. He goes for it. And then he just, like, walks up and buys that dude's house. Oh, yeah. See, that's another scene where I love Jacopo. This guy's like, ha-ha, I'm going to sick my dogs on you. Get out of here. Like, get off my property. And then he walks to the back and just opens it, and a bunch of gold pours out. Uh, I love when the guy's on the carriage, and he's just, like, waving, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> See you later. Have fun. Enjoy the house. I'll go buy another one. <laughs> I can buy a bigger one now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just an, another thing I really liked is you mentioned that uh, that little ruin at the end. Mm-hmm. I really love the set design in this movie. Yeah, like it really added to all of it. Like there was no like I mean uh, this is in two thousand two, so it definitely could have had green screen and stuff, you know, but like. Don't think it did. Yeah, I was gonna say if it did, it's very subtle. For the life of yeah. me, I can't think of a scene that was like green screened. Yeah, or anything like that. Maybe some of the water stuff, like them on the water, or maybe. But even then, like that, none of that stuff is that hard to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, they probably just did it practically. Oh yeah, and and like I don't know. I don't, I don't think any of it needed to be. No. Yeah, touched like maybe they did like a sky replacement or something in some sure, like yeah. some small editing like that, but like not a full like like created scene or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, and it it just it adds to stuff like that. Oh right, when it's a real scene, you know. There was one scene where I had there was a question mark, oh, yeah. and it was actually when he comes down in the hot air balloon. When the hot air balloon first comes over the house, yeah, it doesn't look real. 
But then it comes down, and it's I don't think it's the exact same scene. It's like another cut. Yeah. But it comes down, and it's like kind of the same for a second, but then there's people coming out of it, and I'm like... Okay. Is this real? Is it probably because when it's it's probably not an uh, actual hot air balloon? It's probably a set that they're lowering down, and the balloon mm. itself is either well, yeah. CG or yeah. But like when it first floats over the house and it's like coming out of the darkness, it kind of looks like a a bad 3D model, yeah. which 2002 didn't have the greatest special effects right, yet. Yeah. So I I wouldn't be surprised if that one scene was like a CG. Sure, and the fireworks maybe, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe not. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it just, I really enjoyed all the sets. and it, They just looked very real, you know, mm-hmm. like, which they probably did film at a lot of real locations. Yeah. That I mean, this is, this was all in areas that I don't think would be that difficult to get to filming. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was like a beach. Yeah. <laughs> or like one old castle. When, yeah. Whenever you're on the inside, you can just have a set. So it's mm-hmm. like... They didn't really need to go to the castle besides, like, once or twice. I'm just also very intrigued about how they did the uh, prison scenes about when they were uh, climbing in the little uh, catacombs they were making. You oh, know? the tunnel? And seeing, yeah. like, how it progressed? Yeah, just, like, how that set was. Like, I, I, I've seen certain things, like, there's a movie with Ryan Reynolds called Buried, where the whole movie he's in a coffin. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the time they filmed that where they had... Uh, like one open side? Yeah, one open side. Yeah, pretty much. And I was wondering if they did something similar probably, to that. Probably. I would yeah. assume so. And then uh, they probably just like put black around the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure there was other stuff. I don't know if it was green screen or blue screen. Yeah. Or just nothing. And then they just like wrote out around it to yeah. make it all black. Who knows? But like that, that would be another scene where they definitely had to do some special effects. Yeah. But it's just, whenever I watch, like, behind the scenes stuff, I'm always very fascinated on how they, uh, you know, they're like, okay, we have this scene where these guys are going to be crawling through these tight little catacombs that they made themselves. How are we going to pull that off? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And it's... Well, when you look back at older movies, not that this is that old. Mm -hmm. It's only 19 years old. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it's almost 20 years old. (laughs) I keep forgetting that 2000 was 21 years (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, like it, it was not that old, yeah. but it's still old enough to the point where like CGI and stuff wasn't like mainstream yet. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of older special effects, they had to be done in like really clever ways. Yeah. And like, well, in ways we still use today. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of times today it's just cheaper and faster and easier to do it in CG. Sure. Yeah. So they just do. Yeah. But that's one thing that I've really uh, been noticing about, especially in the past few years, is they've really gone back to a lot of that older stuff because mm-hmm. like that stuff, what we can do nowadays is we can just touch it up with the stuff, with the technology exactly. that we have because it still looks more real doing it the older way, but now we can make it look even better with our technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, But like, like I said, I really enjoyed the, these little scenes of them digging in because it looked like they were in these tunnels they dug, yeah. dug themselves you know like now one thing i i noticed with the tunnels is that they probably would not have been that big yeah mm-hmm. if they were digging it by hand i'm almost certain it would have been so small that they had they couldn't have turned around yeah and mm-hmm. there's one scene where uh dantes turns around twice and yeah. i was like i know it's cramped but mm-hmm. like if you're digging it by hand it, it's only wide enough that you can fit sure yeah because you want to go as quickly as possible well there, there was one scene that uh this isn't really a dog on it or anything be, uh, because you know what else are they going to do but when he gets crushed by the rocks yeah you could tell it was like foam rocks and stuff you know that yeah. were falling on him and uh but other than that it's like it didn't take me out or anything it was just like oh those are foam rocks probably <laughs> What else are you going to throw yeah. on top of an elderly man, you know? Well, and I'm sure they might have also had some concerns with, like, doing the stunt, too. Yeah. It's like, I mean, he is an old man. Yeah. Well, and if I remember right, because this came out in 2002, didn't Chamber of Secrets come out around the same time? Like, 2002, 2003? I want to say that's... Cause I was, because he died... I was going to mention this as well, yeah. Yeah, he died pretty close after that. Um... Um, because I think he had, uh, uh, oh, also, also 2002. Okay. So yeah. Cause he must've filmed this before then, uh, because, uh, because, uh, 
I know that during the filming of Harry Potter, he was fairly sick. He was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he he was a very old man. Yeah. But, like I said, he had that twinkle in his eye. Yeah. He was pretty spry, too. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure that, that for a lot of, you know, like, climbing into the hole and stuff, that he probably used a stunt double or something. Yeah, and, like, like, some of the sword fighting and yeah. stuff like that. But he... Richard Harris is a force. Like, I, I everything I see him in, he is fantastic. Like, uh, he's also in... Uh, um, Unforgiven, which is a Clint Eastwood movie, and in there he plays a completely different role. He's kind of a douchebag in that, and it, it's, <laughs> I just love when I can see actors just uh, disappear into their roles. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of an. I, we we talked a little bit about it last, or not last time, in our Star Trek episode mm-hmm. when we were talking about um, uh, Richard Nimoy, Leonard Nimoy, Le- Leonard Nimoy. Where did I get Richard? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good with names. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Leonard Nimoy and like how he could go back and relive like oh, yeah. those days it's like it's a little bit sad but like he's passed on yeah um, but he can be remembered in yeah. these movies and like you can look at him and be like this, this is like I mean he's still in acting but it's like this is who he was yeah well this and is- and just like how you're talking about Richard Harris with that twinkle in his eye part of that is because he is an older gentleman and he's been through things and he mm-hmm. you know he brings that to this role that he's you know obviously not been through the same type of things as his character but he's been through a lot of other things that Jim Caviezel the actor hasn't been through you mm-hmm. know and so you get that through that character and yeah and I I want to I want to believe as like a as, as myself that um, some of that like twinkle in your eye kind of uh, thing yeah. that, you're, that you've been mentioning um I want to say that that's not something you can really fake. No, like I'm sure someone's going to say you can, but like a part of me that's like, no, I don't, I don't think so. Like I think, I think some of that has to come from just like from him, him being who he was. And I haven't seen him in that many movies. Well, and from but interviews and things that I've seen of him, is people say that he was a wonderful person, you know, mm-hmm. and like his his uh, his son still acts. His son is uh, Jared Harris, who. Uh, was Moriarty in the modern uh, Sherlock Holmes movies? Oh, and, okay, yeah, and, and he's also a wonderful actor. And uh, but it's just like you said, that twinkle in your eye is not something you can quite fake. Because I remember also reading stories about the kids in Harry Potter who just like they thought he was Dumbledore. You know, they were like, <laughs> well, <laughs> to well, like, to them he was. Yeah, like when you're a child like that, <laughs> you're acting yes, yeah. but at the same time, like. It's kind of real, so it, it's weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I I also remember hearing stories about how it, with uh, Richard back on the Harry Potter is he took that role because of his his grandchild. He was like, I don't really have an interest, but my grandchild would like it, so you know, mm-hmm. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just I don't know. He, it's like that's kind of what I want out of life. Not necessarily like to be an actor or to be famous or anything, but just like. When people see me or remember me or whatever, just to be, like, happy that I was there. Yeah. And and remember that I was myself a happy person. Well, and that's, like, I love this whole movie, but I will have to say that my favorite part probably was Richard Harris. Like, mm-hmm. I just, every time he was on screen, I just had this, like, they were in this awful, shitty situation, but he brought this joy to it and this com- comfort, you yeah. know? And I, I think that's what he brought to Edmund. You know, yeah. Edmund, it, it, that joy and comfort is what he needed to survive. Yeah. Like, I have no doubt that he would have died, like, quickly. Oh, yeah. Without having the, uh, priest. the priest show up. Well, and it's it, it's a really interesting line that the priest says, uh, I've been alone all these years until God brought me you, you know? Mm-hmm. And I... I was actually literally about to mention something like that. Um because, like, they do kind of push the, the like, God is in everything, God yeah. is watching kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And I don't always love that. Yeah. It just feels a little bit forced sometimes. Sure. But I was just thinking, I was like, you know, it shows sometimes you know, maybe God works in worst of people. Like, yeah. maybe it wasn't just some crazy, fancy, like, lightning bolt from heaven. It's yeah. just like, he sent this priest to come help you to survive. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's... Well, and you know me, I'm not the biggest religious guy, but when they do it right in movies like this, mm-hmm. you, it, it really hits you, even if you're not religious, yeah. you know? Because you really, you know, I could tell that the priest, he believed that, and he wanted, he believed that God was watching over Edmund, mm-hmm. 
and that they that he brought them together you know and it was a really cool message and um like i said just richard harris brought brought it like mm-hmm. i loved it he he did a very fantastic job I still don't think it quite beats Jacopo, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jacopo, Jacopo's pretty great, yeah. Luis Guzman. I mean, kind of, uh, not to bring it up again, because I know we've talked about it in several other episodes, mm-hmm. um, but kind of like our our uh, philosophy with this mm-hmm. is one of the things is feeding off of other people's excitement. Yeah. And so kind of going back to uh, how I was talking about Remy, um, his like excitement for this movie is one of the reasons why it's like so high on my list because I, the regard I had for Remy kind of made it so like in a way he could do no wrong. Sure. Like I I wouldn't say quite in an unhealthy way, Yeah. but it was just like, he proved to me so many times that like he was so picky with things like music and movies and games and like various other medias and things like that. Like, when he tells me something is good, it's good. Yeah. And he hasn't been wrong yet. <laughs> like, he came to me and he's with the premise of just like, this is one of my favorite movies. It's amazing. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's go. Yeah. And I watched it and I was like, he wasn't lying to me. And, and it's just like the fact that he thought it was so good and he was so excited about it when he showed it to me. Yeah. I was just like, there's no way it's bad. And then it like made it good. Well, and that's very similar to my experience watching it today is you've been telling me about that. You told me about this experience a couple times before and uh, just watching it with you today, I was kind of feeding off your excitement because Mm -hmm. you do kind of the same thing I do. When I show someone a movie that I love that they haven't seen before, I look over at them. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And I look over and I'm like, oh, oh, this part's good. You know, I don't, you know, I just make sure that they're loving it. And you, you, you I just, try not to do that because yeah. it's like, I get a little bit self conscious when I'm just no, like but, looking over at someone all the time, like when I'm showing them a video yeah. on YouTube or something like that. No, but I, I love that because that helped me, like, uh, not saying I wouldn't have enjoyed this otherwise, but like it really, yeah. Not to say that it's, like, not a good movie otherwise. But it's, like, that just... It only made it better for me. It only made the experience more exciting because it was, like, he thought it was so good. I trust him. And and then it all came to fruition while I was watching this movie. Well, and that's a very similar thing to, you know, when we watched Monsters University. You were uh, kind of like, oh, all right, whatever. We'll watch this. And then you fed off my... The the shared experience made it more exciting yeah and i did the same thing with this because you know i've heard of this movie before i've heard of the book i've you know and, uh i was like you know i'll probably watch it eventually well it was never something that was on my radar as something that i yeah, it was it's i don't think it's really like a super popular movie yeah i didn't know it even existed yeah. until remy told me about it and then i had <laughs> no idea what to expect yeah. when it started like i think to be totally honest when he mentioned the name, I meant I imagined something like a like a James Bond movie or something like that, and I don't really know why. See, I always thought of it when I you know because like I said, I've heard of the book and I've heard of the movies in passing. I always thought of it as more of a romance, more ah. of you know like a oh gosh, what's that Pride and Prejudice type of thing? Ah, yeah, like yeah. kind of Regency era sort of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of that in this. Like you yeah. can tell from like the way they talk and all the set design, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, it's it's similar to that in a lot of ways, um, but it's definitely about revenge. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. And like, it. That's one thing I love about this podcast is we discover these things like we did lo- last time with Stargate. You know, like uh, <laughs> you know, basically didn't end up even talking about the movie. We yeah, were just we just talking about our our philosophy the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and how that movie sparked it for us you know i love discovering these things with you and uh that's why i think we're going to be getting a lot of you know good stuff out of this podcast i hope you Mm -hmm. know because we're going to have all these different movies that bring these different experiences you know like we mentioned there will be certain things that we probably say a couple times like acting's great sets are great but then we get this stuff like (laughs) the chemistry between the characters is great right like the these special effects look great (laughs) Yeah. But yes, it's because the movies are great. That's why we chose them. And we love Henry Cavill because, you know, we've watched another movie with him. Yes. He's a beautiful man. He is. For more reasons than just his body. Yeah. We don't objectify people here. <laughs> <laughs> he 
does look good in a suit, though. Correct. <laughs> I didn't. I did not say that was not true. I just said there are other reasons. <laughs> and I mean, hey, Jim Caviezel ain't half bad, man. It, he, the the suits that he wore in this mm-hmm. movie. That's another thing that like really kind of stood out to me because when you see a lot of this like Regency era kind of movies, yeah, it is very Pride and Prejudice, mm-hmm. like. They're all wearing like the the I don't even know what to call the kind of corsets and and you know like I always call them pirate shirts, but the ones with the the poofy sleeves yeah, the poofy, and then yeah. they've got like the uh, like the neckerchief things. There's a word for it. Uh, oh oh um gosh I had ascot. No ascot's the little thing that Fred from Scooby Doo wears. Right. Um, oh gosh, it's I you, you, now that you say it's it, like, it's on, yeah, it's on but, the tip of my tongue. But <laughs> anyway. Like, you know what we're saying. Yeah. It's like, it's got this very specific kind of, like, fashion and, mm-hmm. and style. And then freaking the Count just, like, does not give a heck. He's oh, just like, yeah. I'm going to be in a freaking robe. I'm going to dress like a wizard today. Yeah. Well, and that final outfit he wears uh, on this confrontation with uh, Mondego is that purple cape that he has. And yeah, like and that. it's like, it's it's more modest, but yeah. it's still got that little bit of spice yeah. in it. <laughs> He's like, I'm a badass. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. And again, like going back to how his his demeanor changes, like he is so confident. Yeah. Like he knows everything oh, about gosh. everyone. That scene at the end when he first confronts Mondego and he Mondego doesn't even get a lick on him and he just smacks the sword out of him immediately. Yeah. And that was oh so great. It yeah. just it's, shows how... Well, Mondego's like, oh, someone taught you the sword. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of stuff like that that shows the payoff yeah. from the things he's learned and how he's changed and mm-hmm. and all that. It's just... It's good. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. And thank you for bringing it to my attention. You're welcome. <laughs> it was it was really exciting for me, too, to rewatch it. Because I haven't seen it in a couple years. Yeah. And, and I was like... Not super recently, but mm-hmm. like vague recently uh was thinking through like my top my list of top movies yeah and i was like ah does the count of monte crystal still belong up there i don't know and i was uh, kind of yeah like like rethinking it and then we rewatched it i was like nope it's- absolutely <laughs> it's up there it absolutely belongs up there yeah with interstellar and um freaking king arthur now <laughs> Good, uh, good choices, man. But man, I really enjoyed talking about this one because it it really gave me this perspective. Like, I love when I can look at it through someone else's eyes. Mm-hmm. And and even though movies is your thing, yeah, I still found one. <laughs> I think there's still a few. Uh, Maybe yeah. I I think there are actually a couple on yeah. our list that I I've seen and you haven't. Well, there but... are, there are a couple movies that some people are like, what you haven't seen that? Like, yeah, I haven't seen the Godfather movies. That happens to me a lot. <laughs> yeah, where pe- where I, the people mention movie, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that one. They they get all mad at me. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, don't get mad at me. People just... people get mad at me because, like you said, I'm you know in the most, movie guy. Yeah, I'm the movie guy, and they're like, what you haven't seen that you? I'm like. Sorry, <laughs> like I like only got so much time in a take. I choose. <laughs> well, like with Godfather, like it's like I I'll, I want to watch it. It's not like I don't want to watch it. Well, but I also haven't seen it. So well, and probably. the Godfather's long, yeah. <laughs> and it has three parts. I love long movies. I do too, but like like you said, you only have so much time. <laughs> exactly, in but like. Uh, we we looked at the how long this movie was before we started, and I was yeah. like, oh, it's over two hours. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, whenever a movie is over two hours I'm like yes yeah because because it just tells you they have enough time to do all the things that you wish they did and especially a movie like this like you said it was a bit of a slow burn Mm -hmm. but for good reason yeah and even still I think it could have been longer sure yeah I think they could have done more development with him after getting out of prison and like planning all this stuff and like they did kind of like jump between like revenge to revenge Mm -hmm. like like immediately and it's like oh they could have showed more of him like setting things up and like being clever and and owning everything and buying all the banks (laughs) yeah well that's the thing I think that's cool about like if they ever did a modern remake of this movie it could be like three hours long because we're getting you know because there have been three hour long movies in the past before but I think we're getting a lot more used to it as a culture and especially with like binging TV shows and stuff like Mm -hmm. if you sit and watch four episodes of Breaking Bad at once you watched a four hour movie you know mm-hmm. like uh, but, and with like Avengers Endgame and things like that the yeah. the Irishman we're getting a lot more long movies nowadays so that'd be kind of cool to maybe have a modern remake of this 
that delves into the characters a bit more. <laughs> but do know? we need a fourth? <laughs> yeah, who knows? That's yeah, yeah. the question. <laughs> I wouldn't say no. Yeah. But I would be skeptical. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always cool with like reboots and reimaginings and stuff because that's what's you know they do that with uh, with plays and musicals and things mm-hmm. all the time and it's fun to see another person's interpretation mm-hmm. you know like yeah obviously there are you know you can do it wrong but uh, I I am a, a stout believer in that remakes and stuff can be great I mean Zack Snyder's Justice League. Sure. That's all I gotta say. Not necessarily. What's funny is the the quote unquote original Justice League is more of a remake than it's, it's like a remake of Zack Snyder's Justice yeah, the League. Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I think we've talked. Uh, I think we got it. Yeah. yeah. We've got everything. We got enough. Yeah, we got a lot, man. Enough. This was a really good episode. I think I had fun talking with you. Yeah, me too. I know. I hate you. Uh, well, you know what? Podcast over. All right. Well, sorry, guys. Last episode. <laughs> anyway, I guess thanks for listening for the final time. Uh, it's We won't see you next time because there's no more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you can find this absolutely, definitely final episode on Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere else you can listen. And always remember to watch what you love and to love what you watch. Have a